Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey, hey, Wellness and Wanderlust fam. I'm so excited to have you all joining me here today. We've got another really great show prepared for you guys, and I know you're going to love it. If you're new here, welcome. This show is all about helping you create a life you'll love through small, simple shifts from nutrition to spirituality to business and so much more. Now, before we get started, I wanted to share my latest guest appearance that I am incredibly proud of. On Sunday, I was a guest on the Well Done Life podcast as part of their Fall Into Self series. This episode was all about finding and living in your purpose, and it was such a special round table of ladies and truly a magical conversation. It was seriously like therapy for me. This show is hosted by Pamela Davis, who is a longtime friend of Wellness and Wanderlust. She was on episode seven of our show. I was on an episode a while back, and so this was my first time back on her show. And the conversation also featured Chrissy Diaz as co-host and Yolanda Holiday, both so inspiring and definitely future guests for this show as well. It is such a good conversation, so if you're interested, I highly recommend you check it out. I've linked the episode in the show notes, but you can listen to The Well Done Life wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned last week, we are coming up on 100 episodes of Wellness and Wanderlust. We have a very special 100th episode coming out to celebrate, and I'll be joined by an incredible co-host this time around. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer about my podcasting journey, please feel free to email them to me at valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net in the next few days, or shoot them over to me on Instagram. I'm at wellness and wanderlust blog. I would love to answer your questions on the show. So please feel free to send them in in the next few days so that they can be answered. This week's episode features Haley Hayhurst, the founder of Espresso Podcast Production and host of the Employee to Boss podcast. Haley helps podcasters grow their business, develop a marketing strategy, and much more. In our conversation, Haley shares how she first got into the podcasting space through an interest in pro wrestling and how her love for podcasting developed over time to become a full-time business. She discusses her tips for budding entrepreneurs looking to take their side hustle to the next level, ways to build meaningful connections and grow your network, social media ideas to gain visibility, and ways to manage your time and find more hours in the day. Plus, she shares her favorite tools for podcasters and business owners, so be sure to take notes. Our sponsor for today's episode has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because my doctor recommended I start incorporating greens into my morning routine, and I wanted to cut back on some of the many vitamins I take with breakfast. I work in community engagement and PR, so I'm on the go quite a bit and time is a luxury. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I take AG1 every morning before breakfast, and it's great for digestion and gut health, energy, and immune health. AG1 is lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals. AG1 has high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, and it's a great way to take care of yourself with a busy lifestyle. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com wanderlust. Again, that is athleticgreens.com wanderlust to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, friends, now on to today's show. Hi, Haley. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust today. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm so excited to chat with you. It is long overdue. Before we get into today's conversation, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell us a little about yourself. Sure. So I'm Haley. I'm the owner of Espresso Podcast Production, a full-service podcast agency specializing in editing, marketing, and strategy. So I help entrepreneurs really use podcasting as a key marketing tool to grow their business get more revenue and, you know, get more visibility. It's a lot of fun. I've been full-time in my business for about two years, and I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, the beginning phases of it during this conversation, but it's been so much fun. My journey to entrepreneurship, I started a podcast last September called Employee to Boss, and it's just been amazing. 
Well, it's been so cool to get to follow your journey with the podcast and working with you personally, especially with podcast marketing strategy has been really, really fun. And you have so many great insights that I think listeners who don't have a podcast yet may really benefit from and just our entrepreneurs and possible side hustlers in general might, you know, are really going to benefit from, but you know, you mentioned employee to boss podcast and you yourself two years ago kind of took that transition yourself from employee to your own boss. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to know what was that journey like for you? And maybe even before that, how you got into the podcasting space to begin with? I started podcasting when I was in college. I had a podcast with my best friend at the time, and we were talking about pro wrestling, which is not – it could not be any farther than what I do now. And when I tell people that, they're like, what the heck? But at the time, I was really into it, and it was a cool space to be in because there weren't a lot of women talking about it, and me and my co-host were both females. And so there was a big gap of like – men talking about wrestling and then like no women talking about it or if there were it was a very like untouched niche at the time so we were able to really grow our brand the podcast is called wrestling wind down I stepped away from it when I moved up to Seattle but my friend still does it and so I think we started in 2018 or 2019 I think 2018 and so it's been going on for a while and That's really where I learned everything that I do now, you know, the marketing, connecting with other people, editing, the strategy. And of course, when I was first starting, I was still in school. I had so many other priorities in my life, but I still always made time to figure out how to put an episode out and how to get listeners. And that really, I didn't think I'd do anything in the podcast industry after college. So I graduated in December of 2019, basically right into the pandemic. So I had internships before, I was working here and there. And before I, you know, was laid off, I was working at UFC in their corporate communication department. And so not podcasting, but still communication, right? And basically how Espresso Podcast Production began is during the pandemic, I was just unemployed, living with my mom, like needed a change. And so I moved up here to Seattle, only knowing one person and was applying to jobs and was just like, ew, I don't want to do any of this. And so... It kind of all worked out where it was actually my cousin's cousin who needed a podcast editor. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like I had a podcast. I know how to edit. Like someone will pay me for this. I was like, amazing. Yes, I'm so bored. So one thing led to another. I kept getting referrals and I was able to build my business up to a full-time career for me, supporting myself with it and have done that for two years now. That is amazing. And what a journey, especially I think so many people can relate to the 2020 getting laid off or maybe also realizing that what they were doing was not really what they were passionate mm-hmm. about. Because I think 2020 and beyond, it's been a time really to start reevaluating and, and be thinking about what what's filling our cup and what's making us happy. And so to be able to use your communication skills that you had professionally anyway, and then combine that with something you were doing as a passion that you had the skill set in and grow a business out of that, I think is so inspiring. And to be able to do that right out of school pretty much has been, I mean, what what an incredible journey for you. It's been a lot of fun. And I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but I think my generation, like the people who graduated right into the pandemic are going to be coming out with like just some amazing businesses because they had to start them. I mean, it was that or go work at a job that you maybe don't need a degree for, but I just put four and a half years into my degree and (laughs) I was like, I'm going to use this one way or another. I didn't go to school for business. I went to school for journalism. So the whole business side was all new and kind of a learning curve to me, but the creative side was always what I knew. 
I really think after, because I, I studied communications myself and I work, uh, you know, even, even just through wellness and wanderlust as a side hustle, I found that a lot of times those creative um, classes, I, w- I wish that they threw in some business here. Yeah, there. me too. <laughs> <laughs> but they really, you know, out of necessity, you end up learning the skill set anyway through, through what you're doing. And I think, you know, how inspiring that is, but also I I do think the pandemic too, that was the time. I think there are going to be a lot of, when we look back, some really inspiring stories of what people were doing because we had to get creative and it's unfortunate that we had to in the way that we did, but some beautiful stories of the incredible things that people ended up doing and following their passions. So I love that you were able to channel that into a business that you didn't know existed, I guess, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that that transition sounds like it was a really positive one for you. And I'd love to know, because I think there are a lot of people out there listening who may have a business idea in mind, or maybe they're doing something on the side and they want to, maybe they're blogging, maybe they're podcasting, but they haven't really monetized what they're doing, or they're looking to maybe take whatever they're doing to the next level. Can you talk a little bit about what we can be doing to start enhancing our brand a little bit more and some of the things you learned from that first podcast you did all the way to what you're doing now? Yeah, totally. So one thing you said in that last part uh, is, you know, your podcast is a side hustle, your blog is a side hustle. But what it doesn't look like is a side hustle, right? Like you put your all into it, you make it look like it's your business. Like, that's exactly what I recommend to people who want to go into their business full time. Stop treating it like it's not full time and make it look like it's full-time, right? For podcasts, that could mean upping your marketing, you know, making it maybe look a little bit better than the competition, maybe pushing yourself a little bit further. Maybe if you, you know, need a rebrand, like hire someone to do your rebrand or take the time and really devote yourself to it. I mean, we put, what, 40 hours a week into other people's dreams and businesses. So just put time into yours and kind of elevate it a little bit. And I think the other part is getting visible. So of course, good marketing is super important for that. Also, you need some confidence to get into your own business, but for sure, get visible. So one thing that I always tell people who maybe are like, no, it's not my time to start a podcast. It's not my time yet. Like, it sounds fun, but not yet. Be a guest on other people's podcasts. That's a great way to build your visibility, right? If you imagine, you know, for a podcast, you put out, what, four episodes a month. That's what I do. You could be on four podcasts a month, other people's podcasts. And I actually just came out with a course to teach people how to be on other people's podcasts because I know finding them, making those connections can be a little confusing, especially when you're starting. But I think that's a really good way to elevate your brand. Get your name out there. Make those connections. People always say, what is it? Your net worth, your network is your net worth or something like that. And I think that's so cheesy, but it's true. Like the people that you know, like Valerie, we met and we have been on each other. You were on my Instagram live. Now I'm on your podcast and you're going to be on my podcast. Like these are the connections that you need to be able to connect yourself with more people. And You know, I'm sure if someone needed a podcast editor, you would send them my way. And if I knew someone who I thought would be perfect for your podcast or to read your blog, like I would send them your way. And that's just kind of like how to build your business organically. Just be social and network. I'm so glad you mentioned that too, because, you know, when you were talking about what you learned at at your very first podcast, how you learned about connecting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something nobody, not nobody, but a lot of people don't realize plays such a huge role in, in podcasting. One of the biggest questions I get when people find out that I'm a podcaster is, well, how do you find a guest for every single week? Mm. Gosh, like, I feel like the list of people that I want to have on my show just gets longer because (laughs) whether it's, you know, you meet people and you see that, wow, this person is doing incredible things and it would be really aligned with what I'm doing. But also as far as that goes, I think sometimes about a guest I might have on my show, I might think, wow, this person would be a really great fit for somebody else's show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get the wheels turning a little bit. And, you know, I even was thinking of someone I thought might be good for your show as we were talking before we hit record today. And I think that's something that's 
really powerful is how we connect through through this. And, you know, I've had so many guests on that were a suggestion of another guest or there was some kind of connection there. And I think that's so important. What are your tips for kind of building those connections and that networking through this type of work? Yeah, totally. So when I first started my business, and I think this is actually how we met, I was offering a lot of free podcast audits. And it's where I look at the content that you're posting, your marketing, and kind of just your whole podcast together. So typically when I work with my clients, they have a business that they're trying to grow through their podcast. And so I not only help them with their podcast, but their business as a whole. So these audits are really, really good to see like where the holes are between your business and your podcast and like where they maybe connect or don't connect. So I made a lot of connections through that. And another thing is I just launched season two of my podcast, Employee to Boss. And the first season, I was interviewing a lot of people who I just met on Facebook, Instagram. I'd put out posts like, oh, I'm launching a podcast and I'm looking for cool guests. And all these people would pitch themselves to me. I think I posted in a Facebook group and I had like 80 people apply to be on my podcast, which was awesome when I was first starting getting all those leads. And then I was doing interview after interview and I had no deep connection with these people And I was like, why am I feeling burnt out? Like podcasting is my business. It's my life. I love podcasting. But why when it comes to my podcast, am I like, ugh, it's another Tuesday. Let me put on an episode. And I was like, this isn't good. And so I thought about it the way if my client came to me, what I would tell them. And I realized it's because it wasn't deep connections, right? And so I took a week off, started season two, and now I'm just interviewing actual people that I have these connections with. So people I met in the beginning of my business when my clients were referring me to other people or coaches I've worked with or people who have been like, oh, this is my connection, like talk to them and people who I've like kept in connection with. But I'm forcing myself to regain a lot of these connections. Like I asked you, Valerie, to be on my show and we hadn't talked in a minute. And I was like, why did we stop talking? Like we used to talk often. And I'm like, because I kind of lost sight of the meaning of owning a business, making these deeper connections. And so instead of, you know, making a lot of one-time connections to be on my podcast, I'd rather have a couple more solo episodes because I don't maybe have a guest that week, but then the guests I do have, I know who they are, what they do, something about their personality because we've talked before. And so when you're first starting business, it is important just to kind of put yourself out there and just talk to everyone. And then when you're, you know, I'm two years in And I have a lot of deeper connections now that, you know, I interviewed someone for my podcast a little bit ago, and she was one of the people who I hadn't really had a deeper connection with. And then all of a sudden, I reached out to her again. I was like, hey, like, how have you been? It's been a minute. Like, we lost touch. Like, what's up? And then the next week, she recommended me a person who became my client. And I was like, wow, like, that's what it really means. That's what making connections means. Like, following up with people, making the initiative, thinking of them almost as friends, you know? Building your social presence is key to making these connections, too. I totally agree with that. That I think it's so clear when you listen to really anyone's show when they're doing an interview and you can tell when it's an interview versus a conversation and when they actually have that, whether they know each other really well or not. Yeah. But when, when you have that connection there, I think it, I think it's so apparent. And I know for me, I've gotten to the point now where I have said no to interviews in the beginning. I certainly wasn't. I was, you know, it's like whoever reached out, of course, I'd have them on and you know, you want to build those relationships. But now I really do try to think about, you know, if I don't know the person personally, well, do I have a good relationship with their agent potentially? Because some of the, some of the podcast booking agents out there, they really get to know your show if you work with them a lot and they, they know what I like and what I don't like and the type of clients they might have are people that I would enjoy working with or I look over their their content a little bit or listen to them on other shows to see is this person aligned with what I'm doing? Because I've certainly had a couple of times where 
it maybe wasn't so aligned and and it's it's obvious to the people listening to it it's not going to be a great episode and you are losing that passion that you have for bringing this information to to your listeners and so i, mm-hmm. I do think that's so important and just the it, it it is a friendship it is something that you know you can build on and i think that makes networking a lot less scary too totally totally and still being open to new connections but really deepening the connections that you currently have I think is really the missing key in a lot of people's businesses. Absolutely. Because I, I was thinking about that too. There are so many people that when you're having them on the show and maybe maybe it is someone that I don't know that well, but as we're starting to talk, we're thinking about other ways we can support each other and right. you know, where, where we align you know, on other platforms, potentially maybe doing an Instagram live together. And I'm starting to think about a little bit if there's an Instagram live series in my future for, for my <laughs> platforms as well. I've been kind of toying with the idea a little bit, but keeping people in mind for other opportunities too, because they're going to recommend you when it when it comes down to it. And then you can recommend them and pay it forward. And that's been so powerful for me in business and in my full time, uh, I work for a credit union, but then it's, it's been really valuable for me in my second full-time business of the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think of these big organizations. They have huge sales teams who are deepening the connections, you know, from what I know about salespeople, they are assigned like a certain company to connect with or a certain person to connect with. And then their job is literally just to follow up, follow up, follow up, make sure that they're like, they don't forget about who they are, all of these things. And I think also the follow up part is where a lot of people, they forget about that and how important that is too. Because as entrepreneurs, when you're looking for a podcast guest or you have a potential client or whoever it is, it can be scary and you feel annoying if you're like, hey, did you forget about this? Like, just a reminder, how are you doing? You know, like after three, that's where I feel like I start to feel annoying. But I know a lot of people, when they think about network marketing, they think about pyramid schemes or whatever the the buzz phrase is that you want to put there. But I will say, I'm not a network marketing, but I will say one thing that they do really, really well is their follow-up game is so strong. (laughs) You know, and one of my clients, she started her business out in network marketing, and she's one of the most successful people that I work with because she's taken that into her business. She's a personal branding coach. She has no shame in following up with these people in not an annoying way, just in a way that like is genuine. And she doesn't care if it's like 14 messages that she's (laughs) been left on read. Eventually, she'll get a response. And it's very thoughtful. Like it sounds weird, but it's very thoughtful. I think it's also helpful for people to understand too, that you're not the only one that's terrified maybe to, to send that follow-up sometimes. And that a lot of people experience that feeling. And the person on the other end usually is not annoyed by it. We had even just today in, in my job at the credit union, I also, I manage our media relations and we'd had a media inquiry come through on our info email and it took a while to get to me. And when I apologized to the guy, he was apologizing profusely for having sent a follow-up email. And I'm thinking, hey, you're doing us a favor. We're getting great exposure, uh, you know, in the media for this. And please don't feel bad. But it was it was interesting because that's something you don't usually think. And then on the flip side, I was calling newsrooms last week and I was terrified. I, I hate making phone calls. Mm-hmm. that are kind of cold calls. And they actually, they thanked me for the follow-up and for getting mm-hmm. the information to the right place. And so you you never know if something is just slipping through the cracks for people. A lot of times when they don't respond, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not interested. It just maybe means it got lost in there. I actually had a couple of interviews not too long ago that the email just got lost in the inbox. It had gone to spam and I tried again and it it worked out. So you, you just never know. Yeah, exactly. You really never know. Yeah. And so something you talked about, so that being social, you know, that can be sometimes we we lose sight of that when we're so busy all the time. And it can be easy to forget to follow up with someone or just check in and nurture those relationships a little bit. And something that you talked about that you learned when you were in school, as far as connecting goes, was that even when you had this busy schedule and you're balancing classes and internships and everything else that there is, you're still making that time to get your episode out and to get your listeners. And, you know, you talk about 
even if it's a quote unquote side hustle, that you should treat it as a full-time job. What are your tips to kind of make that time and to make that seem a little less scary for some of us? Because I think as busy, maybe full-time professional in one career already, or if they're juggling other responsibilities, that can be a really scary task. So how do you find that time or create those hours in the day? The first thing, okay, because I'm guilty of this too. I'll think about like, oh, this is what I want to do. I really want to do this. Like for creating courses, it took me like, (laughs) I want to say like six months to actually do the first step of creating a course. Before that, I just kept thinking, I want to create a course. I want to create a course. Like, why am I not doing this? All of these things. And then I thought to myself, this is actually something my therapist told me. He was like, why aren't you doing it? You must not want it more than you want it. And I was like, that's a good point. I do want it more than I don't want it. So I'm going to do something about it. And I think when it comes to like creating a podcast, that's a really easy thing to just push off for God knows how long, right? I've had people come to me and they're like, oh, I, I've talked about starting a podcast since COVID started. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's time to do this. Maybe it's time to do this. So I would say the number one thing is just like do one thing to actually start doing it. When I was going to start my podcast, the first thing I did was put it in my Instagram bio. I just put host of the Employee to Boss podcast. And that way I was like, okay, it's up here. I'm going to make it happen it's going to happen. And same with my courses. I started finding like a platform to host my courses and I paid for it. And I was like, okay, I made an investment here. We're going to do this. And so that's about how to like take the first step. And I say for making time, my number one tip for this is time block. And so Mondays is usually my content creation days. So I create my reels for the week. I create my graphics for the week. And I mean, some weeks it's light. Sometimes I'll post three times that week. Some weeks it's heavy. Like today I've already posted two times today. But it's all in planning it all out. So with any business, with any podcast, it all comes down to like having a strategy. So what I teach my clients is to come up with like theme days. So maybe Monday you post a quote, maybe Tuesdays you post a reel about something in your niche, Wednesdays you post a photo of yourself, Thursdays, and so on. And that way, even if you don't time block to pre-create this content, you're like, oh, it's a Thursday, that means I post something along this line. And so then even if you have to come up with it on the dot, you can already have like a guideline of what to create. And so that's how I would say make the time. Some weeks it's going to be harder than others, but just also give yourself grace. You know, there was a time that I had to take maybe like two or three weeks off of posting on my Instagram. because I was like, if I don't do this, I'm just going to burn myself out. I'd rather see the future and like think about the long run of this than stress myself out for the next three weeks and then be in like a bad mental health space for like the next month. Right. I was like, in the long run, these three weeks are not going to matter as much as the next two years, five years, 10 years, what, however long, you know? And so that's kind of, that's how I think about it. And that's what I tell my clients too. I think that's really important to, yeah, give yourself that grace. I know that I had not skipped a week on the show since my very first year. I, I skipped Thanksgiving because I figured no one's going to listen to the show on Thanksgiving, not realizing, of course, people listen on days that the show doesn't come out. And finally, being sick for a couple of months, I ended up skipping a week because I knew that I wasn't going to do justice to the episode that was coming out the way I was feeling. And I knew that it wasn't it wasn't going to be what I wanted it to be. And it was also it was also going to burn me out more and it wasn't even going to be as good of content as it could have been. So that was one thing. But then I ended up another week I had to I had to combine two of the episodes just because of things in life that were happening. But the show still went on and giving myself the permission to do that when I needed to, but then taking the steps forward because I'm just like a lot of people where it was pre-pandemic. I started the show September during the pandemic, but I had been talking about starting a show for probably about two years prior to to that and had been wanting to, I'd gone to a workshop on how to start a podcast, but 
I really had not taken any steps. And it was finally one day I was sitting there and I was thinking, if I don't start it now, I'm not going to. And when I actually made the list of these are the things that need to get done in order to start the show, if I want to start it by blank date, and I just picked a date on the calendar and things went faster than I expected because everything is quicker once you get started. And I think I launched two weeks prior to what I originally planned. And it really just sometimes comes down to, I guess, giving yourself that structure and sitting down and saying, okay, this is what I need to do and getting started on it. Yeah. I actually just onboarded two clients yesterday and they're starting a podcast and their, their co-hosts together. And so we were going through like the things I need, deadlines, everything like that. And they're like, please give us deadlines. Like we're motivated people, but we work on deadlines. And so I have to do that for myself too, right? Like I have to give myself deadlines of this is the last possible moment I can do this for it still to be able to <laughs> go up, see the light of day. Like that's how I work. And so that's how I, you know, if my clients are like that, I help them like that too. So that's awesome that you were able to give yourself that goal date and then surpass it or, you know, early, whatever the opposite of surpass is, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was really exciting. And it, it was less daunting once I got, you know, my mom always says, and I've quoted her on the show for this before, but she always says, begun is half done. And I really mm, do feel like, that. yeah, it's like really that first step that's the hardest. And now I want to look into, I, I don't know exactly what I want to teach, but I have been really passionate about teaching in general and education and course creation. And I think that's something that yeah, getting, getting that first step and even getting started on a platform, that's a huge way to to get that running a little bit more. And so I, I think that's so important. And again, just making that time, the time blocking and the structure for me um, are really, really huge myself just to, to get these things done because there's a lot that goes into having an episode come out. Yeah. Yeah, getting it to air. I mean, the, we're doing the fun part right now, but well, I, I guess you you have the editing experience too, so that may be a fun <laughs> part for you. But uh, but my favorite part of it, of course, is connecting with the guests, and then of course with the listeners. But there are so many moving pieces to putting out an episode that having deadlines and being structured in that sense, time blocking that's so huge for getting it all done. Yeah. And I have some people, you know, in my personal life or just like when I was first starting my business, even my internal thoughts were like, oh, people can edit their own podcast. Like, why necessarily would they hire me? This was like early in my business. And I just started connecting with more people. And I was like, this is what people love. They love doing the interviews. And so really, that's what I tell my clients. Like, you get to do the fun part you get to create and then I get to do everything else and then you get to see the finished product beautifully posted for you. All you have to do is press record, send me the audio and everything else is done. Like I do the marketing, I do the actual like posting of everything and that's what people really like need help with and I feel like every podcast that either takes a lot of time off or really just like burns themselves out. If you're going to invest in your future, definitely invest or outsource these things that don't bring you joy. I was listening to an episode of The Mindset Mentor. I don't know if you've heard of that podcast, but I'm literally obsessed with it. It's by Rob Dial Jr. And he said something about if you get home from your job and you feel like you immediately need to go to bed or if you get done doing a task and you feel burnt out and you're like, okay, well, that's it for today, then that's not what you should be doing, right? Like mm -hmm. getting home, even if you work nine hours a day, it shouldn't feel like you're working that long. You should still feel energized. You should feel more energized after doing it. Like I love doing podcast episodes. I love interviewing and I always feel like more energized after being a guest on a podcast or being, you know, the host on my own podcast. And if I didn't feel like that, then I'd know that maybe there was just something that I needed to reevaluate. And I just think that's so key to all business. Like if it doesn't bring you joy and it feels like it's burning you out, maybe that's something that you should look into outsourcing. 
I completely agree. It's funny, the episode will have aired by the time this episode airs. I spoke with a with a money and mindset coach not too long ago, and we were talking about outsourcing other areas of our lives sometimes and how sometimes you're paying for that convenience so that you could do the things that are going to bring you joy and fill your cup. And sometimes those investments are really key to living the life you want to live, or in this case, creating maybe the business you want to have. So many businesses, while we start out as maybe one person, you know, you think about Apple starting in a garage with a couple of guys, Apple is not too, things grow over time and can't always do it all on your own. And I think, especially if you can, if you can make it happen and if you can make that investment for whatever it is, it's not bringing you that joy, or at the very least investing in that knowledge, because sometimes you need to talk to somebody about, you know, the strategy has been something I've really enjoyed talking with you and getting to know more about podcast marketing, for example, and how can I bring better value to my listeners and to those who follow me on social media and investing in the knowledge and experience that you have to help to create content ideas and strategy. Talking to you helped me to change how I format my new episode, the posts for social media Mm -hmm. even. And it changed a little bit, you know, it changed some of the ways that I market things. And I think having connections like that is so powerful because we don't know it all, but you probably know somebody else who knows quite a bit and something you might not. Oh my gosh, exactly. Is it the book Think and Grow Rich? I think it's that book that he basically is like, I don't want to be an expert in anything that I'm not already an expert in. I want to make connections that are experts in those industries. Like, Think about like businesses that have blown up just like Apple where in entrepreneurship, it's a little bit different because I suck at math, but I have to do my own finances (laughs) and all of those things. But it's something that I don't hate doing. And so, you know, did not go to jail for tax fraud. So I feel like I'm doing really good. (laughs) You know, but if it was something that I absolutely hated, absolutely, I'd hire a bookkeeper. So the first investment I made in my business was actually a mindset coach. The next investment I made was a marketing strategy coach. And then the third one I made, or I had two more. I hired a virtual assistant who still helps me. We've been working together for about a year. She helps me grow my Facebook group, and she does a little bit of management in my Facebook group. It's something that I just was not doing. And I was like, why am I not doing this? I kind of asked myself that same thing my therapist asked me. And I was like, it's because I don't want to. Like, I don't want to grow my Facebook group. (laughs) I want to see the results of it, but I don't want to do, like, the actual outreach and things like that. So I outsourced that. And then I also, when I first started my business, when you start a business, you don't need a website, but I wanted one. So I sat down in a coffee shop for like a whole day and just created a website and it was fine for two years. And then when I started creating these courses, I wanted to run ads and I wanted a really nice website. So I hired actually a connection I made through my business to create a website for me. And it's beautiful. I love it. That's amazing. And you do have a beautiful website. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And I do think those investments are so huge because again, and you know, you, you help people with their marketing strategy all the time. But I think that even if we are good at this in our own lives, it can be challenging when you're really looking at your own or, or like you may have the best mindset, but having someone outside of yourself to help coach you through and help you kind of look at a different perspective on things is so, so huge. And I think really, really important to have. And I'd love to know for you with, with the marketing, because I think that's something every single podcast group I've been in on Facebook, they all, everybody is asking. And I think that you probably see this in your group a lot too, when it comes to you know, content that people are asking for is how do I grow my audience? How do I bring in new people or bring in new customers? What are some things we can do to better market ourselves, some easy strategies for social media or tactics for social media and any mistakes we're making as we're kind of building those strategies out? So like the first thing that I think every business owner should do is figure out who your ideal audience is. So if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're just screaming into like the whole world of people and the posts and content that you can make that are the most effective are ones that it seems like are written for a specific person. So if I was to read 
you know, one of your blog posts. And I was, I was like wanting to go travel in your area. And I was like, what do I really want to do? I would look and see like who is posting about what I'm curious about and follow their lead there. But for businesses too, right? Like you need to figure out like who you're talking to, who is your ideal person to talk to, figure out what they do for work, figure out why they want to listen to you, figure out, you know, are they male, female, their gender identity, things like that. Be as specific as you can, how much money they make, their age range, things like that. And that will really help you create content that are aimed towards your actual ideal audience. So for podcasting, I always say, look at your analytics too, because if you don't really know who you're talking to, it's going to be really hard to make content that converts, especially if you're a business owner and you're trying to monetize your podcast through making, you know, sales for your business. If you're selling courses or you're one-on-one, like you want to make sure you're talking to the right person. The other part of this is to actually grow your network is once you know who this person is, go to where they hang out. So I always say like your audience, of course, will do whatever you want them to do. If it is, you know, follow you on Instagram, follow you on Facebook, listen to your episode, but you first need to make that welcome. People aren't going to know who you are when you first start your business. So you need to welcome them into your community. And that's what podcasting is all about, creating a community. So going to where they are. If your audience is like Gen Z, okay, go on TikTok. That's where you'll find your audience. If they're millennial women, Instagram and Pinterest might be the place to go. If they are, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, maybe go on Facebook. If they're business oriented, do your marketing on LinkedIn. You have to figure out who they are and then go to them and invite them. Show them why they should listen to your episodes or follow you on social media. It's all in the strategy of figuring out who they are and then actually connecting with them. And to go off of this point too is for podcasters, when you want to start monetizing, there's really two ways that I say you can monetize. You can monetize by getting sponsors And if you're getting sponsors, you want to make sure that the sponsor that you're getting actually will convert well to your audience. That's key because they want to see results. So you need to know who your audience is. Like having a random sponsor for a true crime podcast, like maybe like a food delivery service for a true crime podcast, there's not really that connection there. But if it's, you know, a business service on a business podcast, that will convert well. And then also if the other way to monetize is through your business. So this is where I coach most of my clients on and this is what I use my podcast for. So I put out episodes so my ideal clients and potential clients can listen to the audio quality my editing style, the way I talk, present myself, and then they can decide like, oh yeah, I totally want to work with Haley. This makes a lot of sense. This is what I want my podcast to sound like, look like, all of these things. And so that's the long-winded way of how, uh, how to grow your audience and really like increase your marketing. I think that's so important though. And it helps you to save that time when you know who you're actually marketing it to. Because I know for me, like Facebook, I... Well, Facebook is its own story as far as pages go these days. But, you know, if you're not if you're not paying for advertising on there, but I found I was really wasting a lot of time on Facebook, but I found that Instagram is a really good one for me. I have that millennial woman audience tends to be the the bulk of who listens to the show and my dad, of course, um somehow falls course, into that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> But primarily millennial women. And so Instagram has been probably the number one way. And then actually LinkedIn has been good too, because so many of my guests are like yourself, entrepreneurs and business minded, and they're looking to make connections. And so a lot of times when I do use LinkedIn, I'm actually amazed at the engagement it gets there. And it may be because of A, the age group and B, there is some, you know, especially well, an episode like this as well, but there is some business focus in a lot of these 
conversations that we have. So mm-hmm. kind of figuring out that those are the places that are really going to attract an audience versus Facebook for me, occasionally Twitter, but really, you know, when I, when I go on Facebook, it doesn't do a whole lot for my brand and it ends up being a lot more time spent that could be focused on creating valuable content or reaching out to new guests and figuring out what I want the show to look like moving forward. So I I think that's so important for just working smarter. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So I I think this is all really important, but I think sometimes too, especially when it comes to the social media content, and I know I've been guilty of this. I haven't, hopefully by the time this airs, I will have been posting, will will hold me accountable to this, but I'll be (laughs) posting a lot more. But I did take a break from social media for a little bit. And then when I did come back on, I I haven't been posting quite as regularly. And I think for many people, it's almost like a writer's block. And you're thinking, Mm. you know, what would be valuable for my audience? Do you have any tips for just some easy ways that we can create some content, you know, on our Monday time block for, for creating that content. What are, what are some things we can try? Yeah. So I would definitely recommend those theme days that I was talking about where each day has its own theme, but also I would say depending on where you're posting, my main place that I'm posting is Instagram And so reels have really grown my Instagram a lot. If you're not posting reels, definitely try it. Use sounds, see what other people are posting. And that is a really easy way that if you're not, if you don't have something to post that day, you can make a quick reel. Takes Mm -hmm. like five minutes. You can just add that in there. I would also say, okay, so like I used to do these audits. I still do these audits. I charge for them now, but you get a lot of info in them, a lot of info. (laughs) And so I always see where the disconnect is. And a lot of times podcasters really hide their face behind the microphone. They're not posting about what they do, who they are, those details about them. And these can be scary to post, like photos of yourself just living life, especially for business owners. You're like, who really cares? But think about it in like a way of you're attracting your podcast listeners. They're coming to listen to you because they like you. And if they're spending an hour a week listening to your episode, maybe you're entertaining them on their car ride. Maybe they're cooking dinner. Maybe they just want to hear your voice and what you have to say. They are going to want to see you more about you. They're going to get curious no matter what the niche is. They're going to want to see what you look like. They're going to want to see what you act like, you know, your personality. That's another reason that podcasting is so amazing in my opinion, because you can't really show your personality through social media the way that you can on a podcast. Long form content like this is really where you can see like how a person talks, the inflection in their voice, what they truly care about. And so that's what I would say. Show your face, create some reels, and really just use those theme days. It takes time to be able to just think about content on the spot. But as long as your audience is loving it, then go for it. I mean, you can repurpose your podcast into so many different pieces of content. You can make it a blog post and then you can post about said blog post. You can break your episode into sound clips and post about those sound clips throughout the week. You can take a quote, make it a quote card. You can take a photo of your guest and post that. Like the options are limitless once you actually think about what can I do with this hour-long episode that's going to elevate it past just one episode. That is so true too because yeah these episodes there are so many great takeaways that I get every single week and it is fantastic content and so much useful stuff for the listeners but you know after a few weeks unless they're really looking for that particular topic it may be really buried in your feed. And so to be able to repurpose it in different ways, you know, you are spending this time and creating the content anyway. So might as well find other ways to put it out there so that the listeners can really benefit in different ways and so that they can see, you know, maybe they haven't tuned into the show, but they hear a little snippet of it and they're thinking, wow, I really would benefit from listening to this. And then you get a whole new listener potentially, or someone that wasn't as consistent of a listener that's now tuning in a little bit more because they're getting more I guess, snippets of that from looking at your social media. So I think that's important. And there have been so many people 
two that I've considered as potential guests because of a reel that I saw that they did. And that brought me into their orbit a little bit. And I got to see their content and it showed me a side of the personality that I was able to explore more in a, in an hour long interview. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I love talking. I love getting to know people. And I think that's why I love podcasting and interviewing so much. And I also think that's why I circled back to my connections because now I get to talk to them for like an hour and be like, so what are you actually up to? What do you actually love in life? What are you loving about your business? Like getting to know them more on a deeper level. Absolutely. And I think that becomes so apparent to the people listening to you because I, I say this I say this a lot on the show, but I want my conversations to feel like it's you, me, and the listener, and we're all yeah. out for maybe espresso. Um, espresso, or, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't do a ton of coffee, so I could be really fun on espresso, I think, but, um, you know, or tea or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, we're all sitting down for a cup and we're all just talking about whatever the topic is and making it conversational. And that comes from building the connections. And I think it's so much more authentic to your listeners too. And so I, I really love everything that you're doing and all the tips that you've shared. Because we are a wellness podcast, something I would love to ask because you're running your own business and doing so many incredible things. What self-care and wellness tips do you have for those who are starting their own venture or maybe they're looking to put more time into what they want to turn into a full-time? Taking breaks and as an entrepreneur, of course I could take off as however much time I, I need or want, but in the beginning, I really struggled with actually taking time off because if I didn't do it, no one would, you know, it's my own business. I'm the only employee. And so that's really what I had to overcome of like, yeah, it's okay. Like if I take, now I take every weekend off, no one will hear from me on the weekends, but I really had to prioritize my own time and be like, I didn't start my own business to work even 40 hours a week. I started it so I had freedom. And so I actually have to utilize that freedom. I would also say if you just are wanting to start a side hustle, definitely make sure that you're putting out enough content, but you have enough time to do it. So what I mean by this is a story, right, of one of the first people I interviewed on my podcast. His name is Gordon Firemark, and he's the podcast lawyer. And he has had his podcast for I think it's like 13 or 14 years, okay? Wow. A crazy amount of time. But he only puts out one episode a month. And so thinking about it in that way of like, if he was to force himself to put out four episodes a month, you know, one a week, he might have not made it to 14 years. And I just think that's an incredible way to think about it. Start at your own pace, do what you can. Don't force yourself to get super ahead of anything. Push through and see where life is taking you. And if you're loving entrepreneurship, hop into it. If you're not loving it, keep it as a side hustle until you actually do love it. There's no shame in having your side hustle and a full-time job. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of feel down on themselves. Like, oh yeah, I have this side hustle, but I'm still working in my corporate job. And I think that's amazing because that's diversifying your income, giving you more creative outlets to use and even more connections. And there should be no shame in that. And whenever someone says like, oh, I'm trying to be my own boss, but I'm still working in my nine to five. I'm like, that's perfect. Work in that nine to five until you don't want to anymore. Build up your business at your own speed. And then when you're ready to leave, you have this other income waiting for you. I think that's so important too, because I do think that there's a narrative now, especially for millennial and Gen Z, that we have to leave corporate America and start our own thing. And you don't necessarily have to, I mean, nobody has to do anything, but there's there's no shame at all. I, I really enjoy actually my nine to five and having having that structure and having the podcast on the side kind of the duality a little bit and doing both things and you can be whatever you want you can have multiple sides to what you do and i think that there's there is such a flexibility too and you know you mentioned that creative freedom that when i do take little steps for monetization the sponsors the partners i work with are all ones that I believe in because it's not necessary for me to live my life in order to take whatever, you know, you talked about the true crime podcast taking on the food delivery service where there might not be an alignment. And so sometimes I think having the job, even if it's 
for security at that time, even if you eventually do want to leave, or if you have no plans to leave, you have that security behind you that you can be choosy in partnerships you decide to take on or sponsorships, things like that. So I I do think that there's a value to that. And I also just think it, it, again, it's a way to diversify and you don't have to aspire to do both full-time if you don't want to. Yeah, that's a huge point of when I started my business, it was my only income. And so I had to work with some clients that I didn't love working with. But now that I've built it up and like have other sources of income, I only work with people I actually enjoy, you know, spending my time with or listening to their episodes. Like it's changed. And now I actually like love every single one of my clients. I could say that full heartedly. I love every single one of my clients. I think that's amazing. And I think it becomes so apparent to the clients and to potential clients, to listeners of your show, when you have that passion for what you're doing and that you're really taking on projects that that you love, that you're excited about. So definitely important for all of us to be keeping in mind. Now, I definitely want to get into your courses and how we can all connect with you. But before we do that, we have some rapid fire questions that we ask all the guests. And I would love to ask you those rapid fires. Oh, I'm ready. Awesome. And I am going to throw a bonus in there at the end as well. I sometimes like to do that to mix it up. My my first one for you, what is your top wellness tip? My top wellness tip. So I got a dog and going on, what do they call it on TikTok? Hot girl walks. Hot That's girl my, walks. <laughs> that is my number one tip to actually keeping mentally stable. You know, I work from home. I'm here all day. I live by myself. I got to get out there. And if I don't walk my dog enough, he becomes an actual menace to this whole world. And I'm like, okay, I just need to go on a 45 minute walk. Sometimes it seems like a lot, but I always feel better after. Oh, 100%. I've never regretted a walk once I got out there. No, never. (laughs) Because I haven't been taking walks with this heat and I can only imagine with the heat wave going on right now in Seattle, but I've been complaining about, I don't want to go for my walks because it's so hot out. And I've been told by a few people now, yeah, it's going to suck getting out there, but you're not going to regret it once you're out there. Right. And when you get home, you're really not going to regret it because your mind is a lot clearer and you're able Mm -hmm. to, you know, I talked with someone on the show about how you can set intention on walks and there's just so much you can do with a walk. I love that answer. And the dog always adds to it as well. <laughs> and now tell me your favorite travel destination. Mm, I just took my very first solo trip to Costa Rica oh. for my birthday in May. And it was absolutely amazing. I, w- I really want to go back to Costa Rica and see some of the other cities. So I'd say that my favorite trip I've ever taken was actually a family trip. And we went to Iceland. Ooh. That was so beautiful. and. Oh, I can't like just pick one, right? (laughs) When I was in college, I studied abroad in Prague and that city just like has a special place in my heart too. Oh, all of those incredible. I've been dying to go to Prague and actually Iceland. Iceland has come up recently on the podcast as well. And I feel like, you know, between all of these, they're giving me really great uh, ideas for where to plan my next trips. But yeah, those are all great great places. Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Hmm. I was thinking about this one before we started recording. I would probably be like an elephant. I'd have to be an elephant. They're pretty smart. They seem like they just relax all day, but they like have power, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think not like a circus elephant, more of like an elephant in Thailand that's being taken care of. That would be my dream situation. I love that. I love elephants. That's a great (laughs) answer. (laughs) If you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? I want to learn Spanish. I have taken Spanish classes since I was in first grade, first grade to like 10th grade. And it's a... Somehow not sticking with me. I went to Mexico and also Costa Rica. And anytime someone spoke Spanish to me, I like went into a panic and could like bring it out. But just trying to speak Spanish, I don't, I just can't do it. I, I think that there's something, you know, for, for living in a country where there, there are quite a few Spanish speakers, I don't think that our Spanish language education is amazing. Um, I grew mm-hmm. up in Florida and yeah. I've learned so much more. Well, Duolingo has been amazing, but 
having conversations with people at work who speak Spanish, especially who are from a lot of different countries, because then I have to learn different vocab for the same words sometimes. Right. And what some of the slang is that you don't want to say in one country, but it's fine to say in yeah. another one. And uh, that's been really helpful. But yeah, I, I totally know where you're coming from the many, many years of Spanish classes and feeling like they didn't equip you for the right. real world. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I grew up in Las Vegas and there's a lot of Spanish speakers there, but now I'm in Seattle and it's not the most diverse city, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I, I totally recommend the Duolingo has been a really helpful one. I need to get back on that myself. Maybe that's another thing, accountability. Maybe I'll be yeah. back on it by the time this airs. But I think that, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great skill to, to try. Let's to hold each other accountable. Let's do this. All right. We got this. We're going to do it. Perfect. Um, and what's next on your bucket list? Well, I have two. For my business, I want to hit, I have like a goal income to make this year and I'm on track to make it. And I just feel like if I hit this, I'll be like, hell yeah, like yeah. I did this. And for personal, my, I want to take another solo trip. I, my last one was only a week. I want to go on a longer one, definitely to Portugal. I've never been, but it looks beautiful. And that's, that's next to my bucket list. That is so cool. And we just, we just had a guest on the show um, a few months ago who lives in Portugal now. So I might have to connect you guys. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. 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 You would love her story, uh, but that is so cool. And congratulations on the business goal as well. That's really exciting. And I know, Thank you. Um, yeah, that's, that is incredible. I'm, I know you're going to, I know you're going to hit that for sure. Oh, thank you. Of course. And then my bonus question for you, because we talked about podcasting and marketing, a couple of favorite tools you have for entrepreneurs, whether it's an app, whether it's a website, you know, something that you use to either automate the process or make life easier for anyone starting out on this journey. Mm, good question. Yes. So number one for marketing is using Canva. Mm -hmm. Canva is game changing. I love the paid version. And I personally think everyone should use the paid version of it. Mm -hmm. But if you're just starting off, the free version is fine. The paid version just has so much more that equipped you with those templates that are beautiful, those new fonts, you know, that way it doesn't look like it's actually Canva. It looks like you're a graphic designer. So that's my marketing tool that I love. Another one for marketing, I use a tool called Later, which I can schedule out my posts and they will automatically post for me or I can just press a button and it posts. That way, when I'm creating my content beforehand, I can just use it all, you know, schedule it all out and just like forget about it. And then just I go on Instagram and things are posted. I'm like, oh, thank you, Past Haley. Yes. <laughs> and then I would say for editing, I personally use Adobe Audition, but it's a professional tool, right? Like it, mm -hmm. it costs. I would say if you... Don't want to invest that much into Adobe products. I've started using Descript as well, and that's a really fun one. It's very visual. You see the transcript right there. Very intuitive, and it's very beginner-friendly. So those are my favorite tools. For podcast hosting, I know there's a million out there. I personally use Spreaker, but there's a million out there. So really, that one is just at your own discretion. <laughs> That is awesome. And I think, you know, I've actually never used Descript before. I'm going to have to look into that. I, um, I'm i on GarageBand, but mm. I am so curious about what it looks like and how it works. And I'm always looking to, yeah. uh, you know, learn a new tool a little bit. And I think paid Canva has been a game changer for me because mm -hmm. there just is so much. I was apprehensive about paying for the version of it, but I'm so glad that I that I did it because there's just so much that's easier to do when you have that version. So I think these are great tools and I am totally going to look into Descript for myself. And later I'm, th I'm thinking about making the investment in the paid because there, there is so much you can do with that. So these are yeah. great, great tools. Thank you for sharing those. Of course. Thanks for asking. That's a really good question. Of course. Well, I couldn't let a podcast marketer, strategist, editor, <laughs> all of those things get away with without sharing some of those. So we'll we'll link those in the show notes too. So listeners, if you're looking to grow your own brand, then you can start looking into those yourself. But before I let you go, I would love to know a little bit more about your courses, what all that you offer, and how listeners can find and connect with you. Yeah, so you can connect with me. Instagram is where I'm mainly at. It's Espresso Podcast Production. I also have a Facebook group that I love. 
mainly because I outsource the hard parts and then I just come in and create the content. It's called Espresso Growth for Podcasters, Entrepreneurs, and Industry Leaders. Also, you could check out my new beautiful website that I'm so stoked about, EspressoPodcastProduction.com, and about my courses. So I currently have two. I have the one that's called Great Guesting, How to Be an Unforgettable Podcast Guest. And I walk you through, you know, the challenge that I attach to that is to get yourself on 30 podcasts in 30 days. And that sounds like a crazy task, but you don't have to record all 30 podcasts in 30 days, right? You just have to book yourself on 30 podcasts in 30 days, and that will transform your business. Like podcasts are everlasting. They're also evergreen. So people can find it months or years from now and still be able to listen. So that's why being a podcast guest is just like business changing. The other course is about hosting interviews, like hosting them, being the host. It's called Great Hosting, How to Be an Unforgettable Podcast Host. And so it's really about creating those questions, doing the technical side of like having guests on your show really doing the research. Like I said, my background's in journalism. I'm a nosy person. I love coming up with questions to ask my podcast guest. So it really dives into a lot of like the details of how to actually have amazing prepared podcast guests on your show. That is so cool. I'm going to have to look into that one myself. I love talk. I love talking to people and I'm always curious about new ways that I can connect and ask better questions and more thought because I think you, it is a skill that you build over time when I listen to mm-hmm episode one or two versus whatever number we're on right now. I am not even sure, but you find that you grow over time, but there's still so much we can do. And I think courses like these, and I love the idea of 30 in 30 days. I definitely recommend that, but I I never thought of that many in such a short time. But I I think you're right that kind of setting these goals for ourselves, because even if you don't hit the 30, you're still pursuing something that might be a little bit scary for you, might get you out of your comfort Mm -hmm. zone, but it's going to put you in front of so many new people. Oh my gosh, exactly. Like I said in the beginning of like, if you don't want to start a podcast, be on four podcasts a month. That's basically a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know for me, anytime I listen to a show and I like, and I, and the guest resonates with me even a little, I'm going to look them up on Instagram. I'm probably oh, listening, sure. you know, listen to an episode of their show or check out their content in some way. And even if you have one person from every single one of those shows that's that's like that, that's 30 new people that could potentially be an engaged customer or audience for, you know, whatever it is that you are looking to do as well. Totally, totally. And I just think it's so much fun. I know 30 and 30 days sounds aggressive and it is a little aggressive, but if you've never been on a podcast before, I'm sure something is holding you back. And so I just love to push people. <laughs> this is my that's what I love doing and so that's why I made it such a big goal but it's achievable like I walk you through how to actually do it it's like I wouldn't say it's achievable if it wasn't it's something that before I did my course I was like okay let me see if I can do this and I did it and it's been so much fun like I said I love talking so <laughs> for me that's amazing and that's 30 new friends and just, yes. yeah yeah I think, I think that's so inspiring, just everything that you're doing. And I, I think those courses are going to be such a huge help for people that are looking to enhance their brand, whether it is through podcasting or through kind of positioning themselves as that subject matter expert on other shows to kind of get their feet wet. So I think, again, what you're doing is so inspiring. I absolutely love your work. I'm excited to connect with you more after this. And thank you, Haley, so much for coming on the show and for sharing your wisdom with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. Your questions were amazing. So thank you. I loved catching up with Haley and I thought she had such valuable tips for reaching new audiences. Her marketing ideas are so actionable and so easy to implement. And I really appreciate the way she time blocks her week to make it all happen. I'm pretty good about time blocking my work days, but I've never thought to block out certain days for certain activities. So this is definitely something I want to explore as the podcast continues to grow and I start to up level a little bit on social media. For those of you who are listening and thinking about starting a podcast, definitely keep Haley in mind for a strategy session and some pro tips along the way. She is an incredible resource, very knowledgeable about the industry and someone amazing to connect with. So make sure you connect with her and check out 
the amazing resources that she provides. I've linked Haley's information in the show notes along with the tools that she recommended. As always, I want to thank you all for tuning in and sharing this part of your day with me. If you have a topic you would like to explore in a future episode or if you think that you might make a great guest for the show, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at wellness and wanderlust blog or by email at Valerie at wellness and One of the best ways you can lend your support to the show is to leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts or wherever you're tuning in from so that others can find the show better and know what you think about the show. It takes just a few minutes out of your day. And as I say, from week to week, it makes such a difference in the lives of podcasters everywhere. So on behalf of my fellow podcasters, if you have a show you listen to and really love, take that time, leave that rating and review. It makes such a difference. I hope you all have a fabulous day, a wonderful week, and I can't wait to see you next time.